0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Stationary Freaks with myself, Rob Lambert, and of course...
1: And with me, Helen Lizoski.
0: So, Helen, we've got a bit of a cracking episode, I think. Um, as per usual, we've not really planned it too much. We're just going to sort of banter our way through this. But you've had a very exciting retreat to Gladstone's library, haven't you?
1: I have. I uh, Absolutely... Um... Yeah, yeah, it's a long story, really, because it all started with Helen Callahan, who we interviewed ages ago. Uh, she's an author, and she was telling us how she uses stationery uh, when she's writing books, and she's quite analogue about how she goes about doing it, certainly in the earlier stages. Um, go back and listen. It's a really cool, really cool podcast. Um, yes, yeah, so she'd recommended Gladstone's Library to us uh, by saying it's a really great place to go away and just immerse yourself in something for a little while. And I have had the most insane, well, I want to say a few weeks, a few months, feels like forever. It's gone on forever. But I just threw my hands up and went, I need just to stop. I need to stop and, and put some space into my life. Where can I go? And I had this theory that the, the, that a library would be exactly what I needed. So I had a little look, and it looked really good. So I thought, I know, I'll book that. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, my daughter, I think library is her place to live, really. Uh, She's 17, she's studying for exams at the moment, and she volunteers at the library at her school um, two nights a week. So she genuinely loves being in that really nice environment. So she got wind of this, how, I don't know, got wind of this and suddenly she wants to come too. But I say fortunately unfortunately. Firstly, it's great. You don't very often get to hang out with your teenager who voluntarily does it. And secondly, because she's a student, I've got a whacking great discount, 40%. Nice. I was super excited about that. And she's welcome every other time that I go.
0: <laughs> nice. Well, we're going to jump into the specifics of that. And, and I just want to reference here our newsletter, which you can find on stationaryfreaks.com is our web address you'll find a link to the newsletter, which is a bit sporadic, but we're trying for one or two a month, let's put it that way. And there's a cracking photo of you at Gladstone's library, isn't there, In it, There is. Yeah, I, I asked for one. I was putting the newsletter together whilst you were at the retreat, and I felt really guilty messaging you whilst yeah. you were on a retreat. But I thought, this is a good opportunity to share what Helen's up to to sort of tease this episode. And you sent me a picture, and it was a selfie and I think what was really interesting was I thought it was from the CCTV footage in the library <laughs> because of the angle you'd got it at. as though you were looking up at a security camera. Check out the newsletter. It's a good newsletter, but also you get to see a picture of Helen in the library. So you know what we're talking about here. Helen, before we jump into Gladstone's library and retreats and the whole analogue getting away from things kind of idea, stationary stories, what's been happening in your world?
1: Well, I... Went out. I need to buy a new notebook for next year, so you'll know I bullet journal. So I went out looking for a new notebook. I decided it was ridiculous that I keep using the same notebook every year, and you'll know I, I favour this B6 ones from Artisan, uh, very much. I love them. Um, they're perfect. And I thought, you know, I can't keep just doing this. Why would you keep doing the same thing? How, there's other stationery out there? You know, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, I. I went out and I found a moleskin one. Now, uh, Rob, I know you're a massive moleskin fan. I am. And I found this really beautiful one. It has like, it's a fabric cover with like a herringbone, black and white, very fine herringbone uh, pattern on it. Absolutely loved it. Really loved it. Unfortunately, um, I've opened it, started filling it out and filling it in for next year. And the bleed through is so awful. So awful. Um, I can't use it. It's not usable. So I feel, you know, both high for having gone out and bought a new notebook and put it into use immediately, which obviously we don't always do. We sometimes just stick them on the shelves to keep them for best, right? Um, but, yeah, this was really disappointing. They just don't do a heavy enough paperweight for me.
0: That's a bit of a sad story, really, because, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of Moleskine. We've yeah. talked about them on the show a lot. I, I generally use a Moleskin, um, for a very small notebook, actually a little pocket notebook, But yes, you can't use ink pens, Um, you can't really use any pen that has sort of a deep bleed or much of a richness to it. It's very much pencil and everyday biro, and that's fine. Sad times, Helen? I know,
1: terribly sad times. So what about you, Rob? What is your stationary story? Well,
0: I, you know, I'm addicted to domestica. I don't think we have an episode where I don't mention that addiction, and you know, that is in no way at all aimed at trying to get domestica to in any way endorse or sponsor this podcast. But, <laughs> yeah, I I love learning. I absolutely love learning. And I'm distracted massively. We talked about that in the last episode, actually. Yeah. Where, you know, one minute I want to do this, then I'm that, then I'm this. So I have to be really careful in limiting the inputs that come to me. So if I watch too much YouTube, I suddenly want to be a you know a chef or a builder or a woodworker <laughs> or an architect. So I really try to limit that, but Domestika has this ability to get through to me, no matter where I am, usually Instagram, um, sometimes in the Domestika app itself, it'll pop up a course and go, ooh, you might like this. And I'm like, yeah, of course I do. Sign up for it. That's me. So I've signed up for something called paper cutting, which is, um, yeah, you basically get scalpel, um, pen knife, scalpel type thing, and you cut shapes out of paper. And I thought it's going to be really easy, this. I
1: was going to say, did you not do that at primary school, Rob? No?
0: Yeah, kind of. And I thought, well, this one's sort of like a Japanese paper cutting. I'm not quite sure why that's different to any other sort of paper cutting, but I sort of watched the videos. I always watch the videos first before I buy anything, before I commit to actually learning this thing. And it looked really straightforward. And then when I came to do it, it's really tricky. You're kind of working out what you cut out, what you leave in, where do you put the cuts? Oh man, it's it's tricky.
1: A two D, just a yeah, like. I'm in my head. Do you remember those snowflakes that you used to make for the windows? Yeah, like that. Really? no,
0: well, that- no, no, no! Actually, they were 3D, weren't they? You could open them up, and they'd... Or were you talking about the flat 2D ones?
1: I'm talking about the flat 2D ones. So you'd basically fold a bit of paper up, loads and loads of times, and then you'd cut out. And when you opened it up, you ended up with this beautiful uh, snowflakey design, depending mm. on your artistic level of skill, really.
0: Yeah, it's not that, no. (laughs) So the the first lesson, one of the good examples, you you draw a basic tree uh, with some apples on it. And in the first attempt, you cut the apples out and you cut around the tree, leaving sort of a frame with the tree attached to it. In the second one, you leave the apples in, but you draw branches and you cut around the branches. So the apples stay in. On the first one, you've taken them out. So there's two different ways usually of looking at what you leave in, what you cut out. And you essentially just get the scalpel and cut the bits out that you don't want. But it's actually really tricky. So I bought myself a cutting board, scalpel, metal ruler, you name it, all the stuff to go with it. I'm thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it. But it is a lot harder than you think it might be.
1: I'd like to scoff, but I already have all of those things in my cupboard somewhere. Rob, actually, those yeah. would not be purchases. I would just go and repurpose what I've got. But it's yeah. really tricky. Is it? Have you got to a stage where you've made something you're proud of yet because for me that's like one of those um the watershed moments where you make something you go actually that's pretty damn cool
0: yeah um part of the domestica course is um the lady that runs it is a very very good course um you draw a fish like a big fish standard shape fish and then within there you put different patterns in different sections of the fish and you cut bits out etc i did that i finished it and i'm kind of quite proud of it but Getting your scalpel to the right point without cutting through the bits that should remain is still elusive to me. So there are bits missing that shouldn't be missing. and (laughs) There's the occasional tear which I've had to sort of fix up behind on with a bit of sellotape. Um, But yeah, I'm getting there and it's good fun. It's good fun. And yeah, if you're not already in domestica, go and have a look because you will become addicted to it like I have. I'm fairly certain of
1: it. Yeah, I'm. I'm like you. If I watch something on YouTube, it's some something about having somebody else is real, uh, seeing somebody demonstrate their proper competence, their ability. to do. I find it really addictive. I'm like, I want to be that good. Yeah, there's a lot of hard work, but look how amazing it is, and they you see their passion and their enthusiasm shine through. Yeah, and I'm a sucker every time for that, Rob.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's the competence, but I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's their passion for it that comes yeah. through, and there's part of me that just goes, you know. I want to have that passion for something and I have it for too many things and it's just, it's, yeah, it's um, something that needs to be addressed.
1: That's what it is, a passion for learning.
0: Passion for learning, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely. So Helen, let's pivot into Gladstone's library retreats. You were saying you've had a very busy year, a few months, you needed some time away. Surely at these sorts of modern institutes, they have internet and televisions and wi-fi stations and stuff or was it not like that go for it tell us tell us about the environment first
1: okay so uh gladstone's is genuinely used to be the home and library of gladstone who was one of our prime ministers in the 1800s oh i should have looked that up before we did this shouldn't i um he very relatively well thought of historically Um, And he was quite a learned man and he had this very cool library. Lots and lots of history stuff. Um, Now it's now, instead of, because they, in the UK, they turn them into, you know, the National Trust, which is a, you know, not-for-profit organisation or uh, English heritage, they tend to save these sort of places that have deep significance um, historically and make them available for the public. (laughs) great unwashed as my dad used to call them to go um, around and, and visit these places and be able to see right see what what things have been in the past and usually for a relatively small amount of money the thing that makes Gladstone's library different is the library is exactly the same as it was they have two it's two rooms and both rooms have an upstairs and a downstairs and it's all very very traditional so it's all exactly as you'd imagine from sort of an 1800s place all carved wood and stacked bookshelves and you can see in the in the picture in that newsletter actually and it's silent so they have a genuine librarian who my daughter assures me did actually tell somebody off for making too much noise they were very forgiving when my mobile phone uh, alarm went off which was really nice nobody mentioned it but if I had gone off again I'm sure they'd have had stern words But it is silent and it is you can go into sort of the theology room or you can go into the history room um and there there is wi-fi and that's one of the curious things so in this hugely old traditional place that i thought was going to be stacked with people and notebooks and all the rest of it everybody walks around with a laptop almost just interesting the wi-fi is excellent they've got Very nice, discreet plug sockets um, with little brass covers that look really in keeping Um, and definitely weren't there in the 1800s. (laughs) (laughs) And they've got little cubicles set up. So the way they've arranged the um, bookshelves is that everybody's got a little one person desk and you can go and immerse yourself with a view over the rest of the library. If you're upstairs and if you're downstairs, you can face the wall and be completely enclosed if you'd like but really lovely. But there are no TVs. So there are bedrooms, there's 26 bedrooms, I think. And there is a radio in each bedroom, but it's very sparsely furnished. I, I want to say monastic. It's not, it's modern and it's nice, but it's, there's not a lot in there. There's a radio, there is no TV. So, but there is Wi-Fi, so you can watch a movie or something if you wanted to surprisingly my 17 year old daughter was straight after dinner going back in and uh back to the library so she was doing mornings afternoons and evenings in there so yeah and they have obviously a restaurant there as well not uh, it's a it's a very small menu so by day three it was a little bit uh, challenging for me on the menu but it was really yes it's it's, it's really nice to just go and retreat it literally was that a retreat
0: sounds good so you were there for three days was that
1: Yes, we were there. We, it's a really long drive from where I live. So it's about four hours. Um, so yeah, it's about a four hour drive. We got there, you know, for lunch. Um, and my husband could not get out of there fast enough. This is not his home territory. <laughs> um, he dropped us off and literally you could almost see the dust as he left. <laughs> um, but he, you know, he was very happy that we were happy uh so we had afternoon and evening and then we had uh, a whole day and then the next day we had just the morning and we had to leave um, just right. for lunch we have already booked back in though so-
0: oh nice
1: <laughs>
0: so helen i i did a retreat Was it, well, probably yes. wasn't last year actually it might be the year before actually that's a bit scary and um i retreated to a very very tiny airbnb where i barely fitted in to it <laughs> uh, next time i should um look at the measurements um the place I'm staying at, but I we we talked about that. We did an episode, and I all oh, I have goals when I go on retreats, yeah. and they're usually extremely ambitious. Um, you know, world domination. Yeah. But the point of a retreat is to get away, is to switch off, to turn off, to relax, to rejuvenate. Yeah. Did you have any goals, or did you go literally just to see what would happen for three days?
1: So I went with a very fuzzy goal. Uh, so you and I differ in our goals and this worked really nicely because it meant that I could achieve it regardless of what I actually did so my goal was to write so to spend some time without distractions and be able to write and I found I could write in the mornings have lunch and you know my daughter and we chatted and played cards and then we'd go back and we'd do more work um she was doing study um she was hugely productive there hugely I would write some more. After dinner, I was done. She was back there. I couldn't do any more. I did try, but I found that I just would sit and stare into space. And that time for my brain to work was really lovely, too. My brain just doing its own thing without being constantly interrupted about other stuff. That was lovely.
0: So so I like this. This is good. Um, it's funny how you mentioned um, you called writing work. I, I found that quite entertaining. <laughs> you, you went for lunch and then went back to work, which <laughs> was quite funny. When you're writing, um, do you were you actually sat there with a laptop? Let you know what about the mechanics of it? Did you have your notebooks? Were you doing a bit of bullet journaling, a bit of brainstorming, or were you, you know, laptop open, sit down, write, see what comes out?
1: Exactly that. I did take my bullet journal and I did take um, a, a notebook that I do. So you'll, I think I've mentioned before, I'm doing a writing course. Um, and all the exercises and such like that are in there I took that with me didn't open it I didn't open it to I didn't even open it for reference I literally thought you know what this is draft it doesn't have to be good it just has to exist so let me start um, and in fact I had taken a prompt that my daughter had found I said I don't know she got it on Pinterest or Instagram probably knowing her um, I took a prompt that she gave me that she'd found that would be really fun. She just said, oh, you should write this, mum. It'd be awesome. Um, and I just thought, well, I'd see what I'd do. So I wrote about, I mean, I only wrote in that sort of, I mean, I suppose it was a day and a half, really. I wrote probably only about 4,000 words, 5,000 words. So it wasn't a huge amount. Um, but it was at a pace that allowed me to think and explore, and then I would think in the evening, so I had some really interesting, it went from a short story to, oh, this could be a novel at one point, when I suddenly saw a massive twist and went, oh my god, that, let's put that in, that would be really good, so yeah.
0: Nice, and how did you, I'm I'm keen to understand what role your stationery played in this, because I imagine, and for the listeners, the long-time listeners, you know, I think it was two episodes ago, we did a episode on the traveling stationary freak I'm assuming that you took some ink pens you know you took the stuff that you would normally take when you travel did those ideas that were coming to you in the evening make it into those notebooks or did you just crack open that laptop and continue to keep writing
1: uh they didn't neither so I did I took notebook I did take I took one fountain pen I think I said to you I'd got uh I was experimenting with a travel one-use fountain pen. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I took this, so I had two notebooks. So I traveled light, Rob, you know. And uh, I had a, I've got, um, currently using a Uniball One fountain pen, which is only about 0.5 width. So it's a really fine fountain, uh, ink pen, rollerball. And I t- only had those two pens and two notebooks. I didn't open the bullet journal at all at all and the um the pink one that has all my writing reference in there I opened it but I didn't write in it at all I was thinking I would capture stuff and I didn't I just thought in the evening didn't write anything down and the next day when I was there back in the library I just wrote and explored what I've done thought about before I didn't I didn't write anything down unlike me normally I would worry that I'd forget it because there's so much mm. else going on
0: yeah, maybe that's a sort of deep change in mind that you had because your brain's yeah. maybe not as full as it usually is. Maybe the retreat was working.
1: Maybe. I mean, it certainly it was very unlike me not to note everything down, but it was yeah. like I didn't have anything else to remember except what I was doing. And doing one thing for two or three days, really fab, really loved it. It's like oh. how my brain wants to work.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's how everybody's brain wants to work. But, you know, modern world and certainly modern work, definitely gets into the way of that chopping things up into hourly meetings and snaps of this and that
1: so how did you when you when you did your retreat how did you work did you work differently or exactly the same
0: um pretty much exactly the same to be fair i mean i had an ambitious goal to i think i was trying to record 26 episodes of a podcast over the course of two days i remember
1: the goals yes yeah so
0: i i went along i made the mistake i think we talked about this on the podcast i made the mistake of going to the pub uh that very first evening and i didn't feel as fresh as i could have done should we say on the uh, on the saturday morning um <laughs> but once i got everything set, i was trying to record a video as well at the same time which i i did manage that as well yeah um but very much you know once i'd got myself set up at my little workstation yeah very much massive Two, three, four, five hours of deep work. Wow. Then go for a walk, come back, another two or three hours, and then have something to eat and go to bed. So, yeah, very much. And I think I I managed about 14 episodes in the end, which is not bad. I was quite happy with that. Um, And a video. And, um, yeah, did some painting and some drawing and stuff. And, yeah, it was very, very pleasant. I didn't feel refreshed when I came back, though.
1: Oh, did you not?
0: No, because I... I took it less as a retreat and more of a get away from distractions yeah. to get stuff done. And I think, I think there's a big difference between those two things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I came back and it was, um, I definitely had needed it and I felt so much more me. Yeah. You know, it's all worn down now. I mean, this is a whole week ago now.
0: <laughs> Are you back at work? <laughs> So I'm I'm curious, and we're sort of coming up on time on this one, but I'm a little bit curious. I'm a people watcher, yes, by nature, just always have been, always intrigued as to who these people are, what they're doing, yeah. you know, their background, what is it they're trying to achieve, you know, just not not in a nosy kind of um, sort of digging too deep, but just curious as to who they are and why they're in this this place. So I would have been distracted heavily by all of the other people in the library. Mm-hmm. Was it busy? Were you watching them and see what were they up to?
1: So, the first thing I want to say is I had assumed when I went that everybody would be a stationary freak. They would all have notebooks and uh, pens, and they'd be, you know, pencil cases, and they'd be. I'd be hearing them zipping and unzipping. <laughs> and honestly, it, it, barely a no- you know there was barely a notebook. There was mostly laptops, and though all I can imagine is that there were a lot of writers. I I, I am very aware of one particular theme that stood out, and I'm hesitant to say it because it's going to sound like bias. But I definitely think that there was a heavy bias of other guests who were on their own. So they'd obviously come for that single retreat business um, and who were women and not all of them, admittedly, but many were women older women they're on their own specifically there to retreat and i wonder if we're all just running away from our families just
0: <laughs> maybe maybe
1: but no stationary freaks so i was astounded because surely this is full of the kind of people who would be stationary freaks no really really minimalist notebook uh, notebooks uh um, computers really just laptops um and yeah the silence of the tapping
0: yeah you know i think i find that quite curious because um i would have expected the same thing as you you know professors academics writers yes, um, ah, you know yeah. artists those sorts of people with lots of notebooks lots of pens lots of yeah. you know referencing books and jotting down ideas but i guess you know the simplicity of digital has made all of that you know, a much harder task to do than literally just sit there with your laptop with the Wi-Fi. Hmm.
1: <laughs>
0: Interesting. Yeah, I don't go to... I live in Winchester in Hampshire, which is a very, very nice city, and I don't go to the library very often, but when I do, I see the same thing there. I would have expected it to be full of people you yeah. know, jotting down notes, and it's not. It's full of people using the internet services, because obviously that's a, a valuable service yeah. for people that don't have internet, so that's cool. But... All around the library, again, people sat there with iPads and, you know, often just taking pictures on phones of books. (laughs) That's the modern way of capturing the references, isn't it?
1: And I do, I have to be honest, I would love to do a shout-out here to the British Library Service, which has been really, really beaten up in the last, Mm. let's say, decade. Um, They do really valuable work. And from everything from when my daughter was a small child, we used to take her to the library, you'd borrow some books, children's books that they could sit and read they do loads of events there they have talks they have authors come in um they do really really good work for the community and it's just really important that we support them
0: yeah 100 percent. you know i guess the you, you've sort of alluded to it we've talked about it a little bit but my ultimate last question for you on on your retreat which uh-huh. sounds epic and gladstone library will include a link in the show notes of course do you i mean I think you've answered this you do feel better you've rebooked again yes if you could leave people with a one or two nuggets of advice of what you might do differently next time what would that be in order to maybe feel better get more done enjoy the process yeah. you know just one or two things that you feel you could do differently next time that would elevate this experience for you
1: That's really interesting because I did think taking my daughter would be a real downside and actually taking her made it amazing because it meant that I had someone to talk to at dinner given that everything else is silent and everybody who knows me will be astounded that I found that restful. Um,
0: (laughs) I was thinking that. I was thinking I can imagine you sat there at dinner on your own going absolutely nuts because you got nobody to talk to.
1: So she was really great. So she was very animated because she had done the same thing. So she, uh, she and I were able to talk over dinner about all the ideas that we'd had and stuff and, you know, rubbish. And we sat and played cards, which was really nice. Um, so that's something that I would do the same, even though I hadn't planned to. So that was really, really great. Um, I think if you can find somebody to go with, I think that's really good. Another thing that I would do that's slightly different is that if my daughter wasn't there, I know that there are writing retreats that take place, not just there, but there are hotels um, around the country that do host writing retreats. And I would recommend that they that if somebody wanted it to go away for that reason, that camaraderie, so you're writing silently, but then you've got someone to talk to at mealtimes. And that difference of having those two different environments actually is really important. I wouldn't have even known. So that was really interesting for me. The other thing that I would do is I don't think we went for quite long enough. I think one day, um, whole day, and two halves, not even on the either side, was not quite enough. I think, um, although it was two nights, if we'd done the three nights and had two full days, I think that would have been that would have been better. Yeah.
0: So is that what you book next time to go for a little bit yes. longer?
1: Yes, <laughs> that is what I've done. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's that, it's that fine line, isn't it? I think maybe if your daughter hadn't been there, that time would have been probably enough because you were on your own and you might get a bit bored yeah. not talking to somebody. But yeah, it's a fine line, isn't it, between not enough time and actually you just become a bit frazzled towards the end of your retreat yeah, because you just yeah. want to get back to normal. So
1: Yeah, and you've got people you want to talk to and, and say stuff to. And you, you need to talk ideas through and things. You know, if you take yourself away in order to think and think through things... Even if you're not writing, you might just want the quiet time to read. But I think you then need to process it in another way than you've been doing for the last, you know, four hours. I think you need another way of processing it. And I think being able to talk it through with somebody, even, or even not talk it through, talk about something completely different, it helps it become, you know, you're fresh enough to go back again and do another four hours later.
0: Well, that's wonderful. So glad to hear it went well and so glad to hear you booked again. I'm inspired to think about my next retreat with uh, less alcohol and fewer goals. I think is <laughs> is my, my choice for the next retreat. And of course, we've already mentioned it, but check out the newsletter on stationaryfreaks.com and you'll see a wonderful picture of Gladstone's library where Helen was. And we'll include all the links in the show notes as well as a link back to the episode where we interviewed helen Callahan, who first mentioned gladstone's library tours so yes. helen before we close out any final remarks comments
1: um i think that um, i'm doing retreats right rob and you're definitely getting it wrong mate just you're, you're knackered when you come back what's the point
0: it's i think so it's kind of like a, a lad's weekend away with nobody else but myself so <laughs>
1: I've, i think i've got so wrong <laughs> i've got it all
0: wrong haven't i Okay, cool. With that, we shall close out this episode. We do hope you're enjoying this and thank you so much. We check numbers as usual before every single one of these recordings and we're still blown away with the numbers still going up and up and up. So thank you so much. We really do appreciate that. We've got some really cool stuff coming for you at Christmas as well as hopefully a couple of interviews with some stationary freaks over the next few months also. Enjoy the rest of your day and we will speak to you in the next podcast. That's it from me, Rob, and of course...
1: And from me, Helen Lazowski.
0: Bye. Bye.